It is Free Talk Live, where, as always, you're invited to join the discussion, share your thoughts and opinions, 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And the big news of the day, uh, the Ghislaine Maxwell jury has returned verdicts. I did not expect this so soon. Like, just a few hours before the verdict was released, I saw an article on the Drudge Report about how they had requested more testimony from other people, other witnesses. And I I just did not expect this week, probably, to receive an actual verdict. And, you know, they were talking about, oh, the Omicron variant, it could force us to actually, you know have a mistrial over this or something. I don't know exactly. Because that makes sense, right? (laughs) I don't know exactly what they were thinking with that, but evidently that's what the judge was saying he was worried about. But uh, she has been convicted, evidently, on five or six accounts. We're going to talk about that. And I've had these stories for a few days about how TikTok, it's not that, I don't think TikTok is to blame for screwing teens up, but teens are getting screwed up. And they're getting screwed up because of content on TikTok. Evidently, I've got two different, two completely different stories about this, where in one of them, teens are being convinced they have these extremely rare mental disorders. And it's because they watch this TikTok video of this person who has that and they think, oh my God, I don't, I don't know exactly how their mindset functions where they watch one of these videos and they're convinced that they have this extremely rare disease or mental illness, however you wish to characterize it. And another one where it seems to be that TikTok videos are causing people to be convinced that they're trans. And I want to talk about both of those, but obviously the big news is the Maxwell conviction. So that that needs to be talked about. Evidently, she was convicted today of luring teenage girls to be sexually abused by the American millionaire Jeffrey Epstein, who is worth pointing out quote, killed himself while on suicide watch in a in a jail. It was allegedly, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Where the security camera that was supposed to be outside of his cell just happened to malfunction that night at the time at which he was supposed to have killed himself. And where the two guards who were supposed to be checking in on him, I think every 30 minutes, I don't remember the specifics. It was either 15, 20 or 30 minutes, but they were supposed to regularly check on this guy. It takes a while. To strangle yourself to death. Yeah. Even if you're at at home and you have all of those resources available, if you're in jail and all you have to do it with is a bed sheet and tension from pulling against the bed or however however it works, it's going to take a little bit longer than 30 minutes for you to be fully dead, unable to be resuscitated. But despite all of that, Epstein managed to miraculously kill himself with malfunctioning cameras and security guards who didn't care while being... Part of one of the most highest profile cases in the United States. Yeah, holding all these secrets. Yes. Blackmailing all these politicians for literally raping children. Who wouldn't believe that he killed himself? And that this was just this perfect storm of no security (laughs) guards. No um, cameras. No cameras. You know, no witnesses. It's insane, right? Totally believable. I, I don't believe for a minute that he killed himself. I think it's more likely he was killed or that he faked his death and managed to escape. I mean, he yeah. had a lot of money. He had a lot of very powerful connections to people like the Clintons and not Donald Trump because Donald Trump had disassociated from princes, kings, 
presidents, yeah. governors. He had a and lot of everyone big... else that visited his island. Yeah. I mean, if the former president of the United States calls you and says, hey, you're going to get fired for doing this, but this is Bill Clinton, and I want you to disable the security camera and mind your own business for two hours tonight. I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know what the average uh, jail guard would do in those particular circumstances, but it's not unbelievable to me. Or just someone paying him, an associate of Jeffrey Epstein's, who's got you know three or four million dollars. Hey, you're going to get fired, and you're going to get a lot of criticism, but I've got two million dollars for you if Jeffrey Epstein quote kills himself tonight. Have you ever watched the Marvel TV shows Daredevil? I have not. Or so basically, it, it just reminds me of this because there's this guy. And he runs, you know, he he runs the cities and he's rich and he has paid off all of the politicians, all of the cops. And so he's able to orchestrate things like this because he has inside people, no matter what he does, he has pe- prison guards, police officers, you know, he has all these people that he has paid off. So, I mean, and that was very true of Jeffrey Epstein. When he got arrested in Florida, he was able to spend like most of his time, quote, in jail, not actually in jail. Yeah. Like he was able to go home, do whatever he wanted. I think he was able to travel the country. I don't remember the specifics. And he spent a very small amount of time in a actual sentence. And most of that actual sentence was spent not with him being in jail. Just having all sorts of people in his pocket certainly helped him. And if he yeah. wanted to fake his death, Jeffrey Epstein had the resources and the connections to do it. And if somebody... <clears throat> the Clintons wanted him to be murdered. I'm sure they have the resources to do that as well. Also true. So the verdict kept a month long trial featuring sordid accounts of the sexual exploitation of girls as young as 14, told by four women who described being abused as teens in Epstein's palatial homes in Florida, New York, and New Mexico. Jurors deliberated for five full days before finding Maxwell guilty of five of six accounts. With the maximum prison terms for each charge ranging from 5 to 40 years in prison, Maxwell faces the likelihood of years behind bars, probably the rest of her life. Isn't she like in her 50s? I think so, yeah, 50s or 60s. So she's facing like 25 to 200 prison, twenty-hundred years in prison. This is an outcome long sought by women who spent years fighting in civil courts to hold her accountable for her role in recruiting and grooming Epstein's teenage victims and sometimes joining in the sexual abuse. You know, I wasn't there in the courtroom, so I have no idea what evidence was and wasn't presented, but there's no way Maxwell didn't know about what Epstein was doing at the very least. Oh, absolutely, she knew. She was at minimum an accomplice by turning a blind eye to it. And I don't know if that's what she was charged with. I don't know all of the specifics. I don't know if she actually helped him recruit girls or if she helped him, what's the word I'm looking for that the predators use, uh, groom them. Groom them, yeah. I don't know what she did, but there's no way Anyone out there can genuinely believe that she had no idea what her boyfriend and continuing friend of 20-something years was doing while she maintained part of his social life on a regular interval. As the verdict was read, Maxwell was stoic behind a black mask. Afterward, I, I can't imagine that w- that helped her any, you know? Uh, it's disappointing to me that they are forcing masks to be worn in federal courtrooms because that's... that's that, harms your ability to humanize yourself to a jury. Yeah, and I think it's very important. I mean, we already know 80% of communication is nonverbal, and a lot of that is facial expressions. So That's why I was really anxious to see the lawsuit that we had against the city of Keene and Governor Sununu. That was uh, myself, Ian, and the owner of what is now Funky Noodle here in Keene. 
where it's a First Amendment right issue to be able to express yourself because communication yeah. is done via facial expressions in large ways. So not having that ability to communicate with other people, it is an actual literal First Amendment violation of a person's right to free speech. She stood with her hands folded as the jury fouled out and glanced at her siblings as she herself was led from the courtroom. She did not hug her lawyers on the way out, which was a marked change from previous days during which Maxwell and her team were often physically affectionate with one another. That's kind of weird. That is kind of weird, man. I, have I, you ever <laughs> hugged a lawyer before? I mean, that's. I just think that's weird. I didn't. I, I have mean, never hugged any attorney who was representing me on no, any issue like, whatsoever. I mean, that's a. Uh, I wouldn't even think to do that. That's kind of weird. That's weird. No sentencing date has been set, but the defense had insisted that Maxwell was a victim of a vindictive prosecution device to deliver justice to women deprived of their main villain when Epstein, quote, they didn't add these quotes, but I just want to, anytime I say Epstein killed himself, I mean, quote, yeah. quote, <laughs> wink, wink, Epstein killed himself while awaiting trial in 2019. During the trial, prosecutors called 24 witnesses to give jurors a picture of life inside Epstein's home, a subject of public fascination and speculation ever since his 2006 arrest in a Florida child sex case. But from what I've seen, the judge has ordered sealed a lot of the records that Epstein had, his black book or whatever, Hmm. sealed. I, I don't know if that's true or not because I haven't seen any mainstream news articles about it. And even then, it wouldn't necessarily mean it was true, but... There was some weird stuff going on here. What are your thoughts? Does she deserve, a lot of people are saying she is just a scapegoat for a prosecution that let Jeffrey Epstein get away. I think she had to have known. What do you think? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to weigh in. 603-283-6160. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And we're raising funds with Give Directly, which is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to needy families who live in poverty around the world. We're helping raise money for families living in poverty in Khalifi and Bamet counties. That's in Kenya, by the way. And these people live in actual poverty where they have to like walk for miles just to get drinking water. They don't have electricity and stuff like that. And what Give Directly does is it allows you basically to give cash to these families so that they can decide for themselves what they actually need instead of relying on organizations thousands of miles away to make the decision for them. Give.freetalklive.com is the link if you'd like to join us. We're matching your donations up to $30,000. So we, we haven't come anywhere near that yet, Ray. So feel free to go ahead and keep contributing. Make us, you know, make the world a better place, I guess. Give.freetalklive.com. Speaking of uh, the world being a better place, presumably at least, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has been, I mean, obviously the main offender here was Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He was the one who actually had the desires and involved these 14-year-olds, but she was helping him, and now she's been convicted, presumably. Now, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the average American juror. You know, I really don't. A lot of them think it's their duty to convict, and others can't put aside their personal biases. I know human beings, right? And if you ask me to, to select 15 human beings across the entire planet who... I could trust to put aside their personal prejudices and to basically act like 
automaton robots and weigh the evidence, just the evidence, and to be absolutely sure beyond any shadow of a reasonable doubt that a person was guilty of something, I don't think I could come up with 15. I couldn't. I know for sure. It's just against human nature to be able to do that. And I think it's even more ridiculous to just have one singular judge be the person that gets to do that. Because, you know, you either do a jury trial or a bench trial, right? Right. So just to have one person be able to decide your fate, I think, is even more ridiculous. I would absolutely agree. And so I just don't have a whole lot of trust in jurors, juries finding people guilty or not guilty because I, I don't trust the average human being to be able to make a level-headed, rational decision like that. But they have decided that she's guilty. A housekeeper evidently during the trial testified that he was expected to, quote, be blind, deaf, and dumb about the private lives of Epstein. And I just don't think that's particularly suspicious. I have a housekeeper who comes out once a week, and I expect her to be blind, deaf, and dumb about anything she sees in my house. That's just, that's part of the professional courtesy of being a housekeeper. I used to work in a casino hotel, and we had a housekeeping staff, and it was just a professional courtesy that they wouldn't talk about the whatever it was you left laying on your bed or on your nightstand or whatever. It's yeah. just that's part of the job. I mean, and it's like that in a lot of professions too, right? Like I wouldn't go around talking about my patients because yeah. it's unprofessional. I mean, if you're a housekeeper, you're seeing insights into people's private lives and it's just sort of understood yeah. you don't talk about that whether the person is doing anything illegal or shady or well, not well i think like if you were to find a if you were a housekeeper and you found a dead body in somebody's closet okay true. that might be a little different or if there were like children being held hostage and raped i mean you know so there are like some <laughs> stipulations to this you know <laughs> that's a fair point definitely but i and that's to say whether or not the housekeeper testified that he did witness these things, just that he was expected to be blind, deaf, and dumb. So he doesn't say that he was expected to be blind, deaf, and dumb about child sex abuse, just that he was expected to be that about Epstein's private life, which yeah. obviously at this point, I think we can all agree, certainly contained abu- sex with 14-year-olds. Yeah. Pilots took the witness stand and dropped the names of luminaries, Britain's Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, who flew on Epstein's private jets. We already know those names. Yep. I want the other names, the ones that you're not talking about. Those are the ones I want. Yeah. We already know that Andrew, Cl- uh, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump flew on Epstein's private jets, but they surely weren't the only ones. I've definitely heard a very long list of names. I can't like throw them off the top of my head right now, but... I've, there's definitely more. There had to have been. Jurors saw physical evidence like a folding massage table once used by Epstein and a, quote, black book that listed contact information for some of the victims under the heading massages. That sounds like a, that sounds like a document that would be a public interest, I would think. Yeah. You know, here's a list of this notorious pedophile I, I mean he had sex with 14 year olds i don't think that actually counts as being a pedophile i think but there were younger ones though i don't rate, think yeah a sex offender who was rubbing elbows with some of the most powerful people in the world a little black book that listed contact information i'd really like to know who his contacts were and i think the average american voter probably should know that information before they go to vote next november yeah there were bank records showing he had transferred $30 million to Maxwell, his longtime companion, one-time girlfriend, later employee. Man, that is a messed up relationship. 
But the core of the prosecution was that the testimony was the testimony of four women who said they were victimized by Maxwell and Epstein at young ages. Three testified using first names or pseudonyms, and it gives those pseudonyms. It's not important. They echoed one another in their descriptions of Maxwell's behavior. She used charms and gifts to gain their trust, taking an interest in their adolescent challenges and giving them assurances that Epstein could use his wealth and connections to fulfill their dreams. Look, if a if a rich 50-year-old lady is pretending to be interested in your struggles as a 14-year-old girl... Red flag. Run, right? <laughs> <laughs> they said the script would darken when Maxwell coaxed them into giving massages to Epstein that turned sexual encounters that Maxwell played off as normal. After one sexual massage, Kate asked her if she'd had fun and told her, you are such a good girl. Carolyn testified that she was one of several underprivileged teens who lived near Epstein's Florida home in the early 2000s and took up an offer to give massages in exchange for $100 bills. Maxwell made all the arrangements, Carolyn told the jury, even though she knew the girl was only 14 at the time. And it it goes on here. I mean, there's a lot of testimony that's, I mean, this article goes on for way longer than it should, but the The crux of the matter is that Epstein seems to have been involved. She seems to have been helping Epstein do what Epstein did, other than the killing himself thing. I think she probably didn't help with that. The quote, killing himself thing. But she has now been found guilty. Of course, her lawyers are still saying that the charges against her are for things that Jeffrey Epstein did. But she is not Jeffrey Epstein, and she is not like Jeffrey Epstein. Presumably, she's going to, you know, appeal the case and all of that, and it's going to get tied up in the legal system for several years obviously her legal team questioned whether the accusers memories were faulty because they're talking they're remembering things from 30 years ago who knows i don't know because i wasn't part of the jury i also want to say if you were like a 15 year old girl getting you know with all these traumatic things basically being held captive by these people even if it happened 30 years ago i think you would remember that pretty clearly and i think that's a good point you would remember like the key details of who did this to you and what happened pretty clearly That's a really good point. There's other stuff to talk about, though, and we're going to get into it. I want to talk about TikTok and how teens are getting screwed up by essentially spending just too much time watching TikTok videos and convincing themselves they have mental illnesses, including, and I realize I'm going to upset a lot of people with this, gender identity disorder. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. Again, 603-283-6160. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in on the Ghislaine Maxwell conviction or whatever else is important to you. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And Friday night, Free Talk Live is going to be giving away a BitBox. This is a cryptocurrency hardware wallet that is the software is 100% open source, which means that people with the capability can actually evaluate 
the software and determine you know whether or not it has any security flaws and things like that. And you don't get that out of a lot of hardware wallets, which causes them to have some issues that you may not even know about. All you have to do to to be qualified for one, to win one of these is join the AMPS program. That's amps.freetalklive.com. The reason you should join is because you want to win one of these. Uh, sorry. The reason you should join is not because you want to win one of these bitboxes, but because you support the show and you like the ideas. But we are giving away one of the hardware wallets to one of our amplifiers on the New Year's Eve episode of Free Your Talk Live that presumably will be starting about 10.30 p.m., something like that. So check it out. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Now, I've had a few stories here for several days that I've really been wanting to get into because they're blaming TikTok for something. I mean, they're not really blaming TikTok, but a lot of people are just now noticing something that other people have been noticing for a very long time. This article suggests that TikTok diagnosis videos are leaving some teams thinking that they have rare mental disorders. But if you go on Twitter and you just click any random person's profile, you're more than likely to find a litany of mental illnesses yep. listed for whatever weird reason in their Twitter bio. Look, if I had you know PTSD or bipolar personality disorder or whatever... I wouldn't put that in my Twitter bio. But you know what? There are some people that I had been friends with that I would have appreciated a heads up. Like, hey, I have borderline personality disorder. I'm a narcissist and I'm going to rob you and ruin your life. Like, sure. Sure. I would have liked to know that before I became friends with this person. But, you know, got to learn the hard way, I guess, sometimes. I mean, one of the one of the headlines or headers in this article is, quote, a social currency. And it talks about how to a lot of people in a lot of american culture having these mental illnesses is a social currency yeah and we're going to get into that so let's go ahead and get back up to it samantha fridley would stay up until 3 a.m watching an endless stream of tiktok videos about borderline personality disorder bipolar disorder and multiple personality disorder those are like three things you also like don't want to have yeah yeah (laughs) like those are like some really bad mental disorders and you may think it sounds weird but i spent some time recently interacting with just ordinary people who aren't libertarians they're just living their lives presumably how the average american is living their lives and people staying up until three tiktok videos is what they're consuming these days read a book yeah (laughs) many videos were from teens or young adults who said they had these diagnoses well I suspect a lot of them are like the people on Twitter who have never actually been diagnosed. They're just self-diagnosing. Others were from people claiming to be therapists and honestly, probably were not. They often mention signs that say that they say could be symptoms of these conditions and encourage viewers to do their own self-evaluation. Look, no therapist out there is going to tell you the the symptoms of borderline personality disorder. Say, you know what? You should do your own self-evaluation. But also, the the symptoms of borderline personality disorder are like, you're manipulative, you know, you're a compulsive liar, things like that. So if anybody, like, diagnoses themselves with that, like, they have some issues. Like, who's who's like, yeah, I'm a compulsive liar and I totally manipulate everybody around me? Like, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> I don't know what these symptoms of any of these mental illnesses are, to be fair, but they don't want to... Claim credit for being manipulative liars or pathological liars or anything like that. They just want to have the excuse yeah. to fall back on that. Oh, okay, I, I was screwed now. up. Well, it's my it's my borderline personality <laughs> disorder. I'm just sorry. 
So Miss Fridley is a high school senior in some place in West Virginia. She was diagnosed with anxiety and depression at age 10. That's amazing to me. How do you end up with a 10-year-old who has depression? She recognized herself in the descriptions of the disorders and became convinced at different times that she had each of them. Other teens I spoke to said the same thing. Well, yes, this happens. And we saw it during the 2016 presidential campaign where uh, younger liberals throughout the United States, they basically barricaded themselves in college classrooms and just convinced themselves that Nazi Germany was coming to the United States and that Donald Trump was going to round up the disabled and all the LGBT people and put them in the ovens. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it was pretty insane. I uh, must be pretty disconnected from from uh, liberal college kids. <laughs> it, it was it was bizarre to watch. I mean, these people were like yelling and screaming, recording themselves crying. Oh, uh, no, and, I think I know what you're talking about. And there were about. headlines yeah. saying, like, you know, I'm disabled. Imagine what Donald Trump is going to do to me. Like headlines and actual mainstream media <laughs> being run that said these sorts of things. Yeah, and it's like he's going to do nothing to you. No. And, and the look, out, look where we are. Nothing was done to anybody. No, but it was a result of them just sitting around consuming each other's paranoid, fearful delusions until they were convinced that their worst nightmares were coming true. So if you sit a 17-year-old in front of, you know, bipolar disorder TikTok videos four hours a night, yeah, she's going to be convinced that she has that illness. TikTok videos containing the hashtag borderline personality disorder have been viewed almost 600 million times. Only 1.4% of the U.S. adult population is estimated to experience the disorder. Borderline personality disorder is almost never diagnosed in adolescents because their personalities are still forming and because some symptoms, such as having unstable personal relationships and exhibiting impulsive behavior, are hard to distinguish from typical teen behavior, doctors say. Multiple personality disorder is even rarer, affecting less than 1% of the population, Videos containing the hashtag disassociative identity disorder have been viewed well over 700 million times. And many of the videos feature teens and young adults as they appear to switch from one personality to another. Yeah, and it's just totally fake. And it's it's really unfortunate because I think it is important for people to be educated about things like this. Like, it's good for people to learn about, you know, just different things in general. But when... TikTok takes a hold of it and it's kind of people just get trapped in these echo chambers of just these different things and it consumes their life and they're just staying up every single night until three o'clock in the morning watching the same exact content and it somehow convinces them that they have these mental illnesses. That's when it becomes toxic. Like you are just supposed to watch like one documentary about it, learn about it and let it go. But instead, these people are becoming so obsessed with it that now... They're convinced that they have these, like, now they're pretending to have multiple personality disorders. Like, who does that? See, that's the problem. They're not even pretending. Or at least they don't think they are. They've convinced themselves that they do have it. So it's, it's a little bit worse than pretending. When teens watch TikTok videos and decide they have a mental health affliction, even if they're really only suffering from being teens, it can pose a treatment challenge and cause frayed family relationships. Psychologists say that there are things parents should and shouldn't do when confronting their self-diagnosing teen, which I will discuss below. Can you imagine just having your 15-year-old daughter come up to you and say, say hey, look, I've got multiple personality disorder. Uh, no, no, you don't. <laughs> yes. I've known you for 15 years. Stop watching so much TikTok. For its part, TikTok is implementing changes that could minimize streams of single-topic videos. 
It can be tricky when there's a strong clinging to a particular diagnosis, said Brianne Slay, a psychologist in Kansas City. TikTok videos that destigmatize mental illness and lead some teens to seek help can be positive, she added, but only up to a point. Essentially the same thing you were saying. If it, if it destigmatizes the mental illness and helps raise awareness and things like that, that's great. But I imagine some of these videos that are presenting someone as having one personality and then suddenly switching to having a different personality, it's entertaining and it creates sort of this illusion of, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Right, or I would imagine. I think it's really just like normal teen attention-seeking behavior. Ooh, that's also good. So I think they just need that attention. And, you know, like you're seeing, oh, well, this person that has Tourette's or, you know, this person that has multiple dis- uh, personality disorder, they're getting all of these views and all of these likes. Like, I want that attention too. And it just be- turns into this toxic self-diagnosis mess. Yeah, you had mentioned one girl who just developed nervous tics like she had Tourette's yeah. after watching some TikTok videos about it. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh on on this or whatever you want. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to call in, share your thoughts and opinions, talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. Now, we're talking about TikTok here and how teens are being affected by TikTok. And, I mean, really, what we're talking about here is a high school senior who was staying up until 3 o'clock in the morning consuming TikTok videos. There's already some sort of issue there that the TikTok videos themselves are just capitalizing on. Yeah. Your average senior in high school probably shouldn't still be awake at 3 a.m. I, I think I probably still was, but I'm also kind of used to not running on a whole lot of sleep. And I was at least at that point in my life, I enjoyed being in school because it was yeah. it was a social thing. But I wouldn't stay up until three o'clock in the morning watching TikTok videos. Well, and like when you think about it, so what time do you have to wake up for high school? Like five, six o'clock? I usually woke up at about six o'clock, yeah. So these kids are getting like two to three hours of sleep. And I mean, mean, that might give you some sort of illusion of a mental disorder. Yeah, but they have to have something already, some, some niche in their lives that isn't being filled in order to be so obsessed with this that they would stay up until three o'clock in the morning watching TikTok videos. Yeah. There has to already be something missing from their lives that they're not getting elsewhere. Probably good parenting, but that's speculation on my part. This past summer at an inpatient child psychiatric facility, Dr. Slay, really Dr. Slay, okay, began seeing several patients a week who were self-diagnosing. When they mentioned they were learning about the conditions on TikTok, Dr. Slay created a TikTok account to understand what they were watching. What shocked me the most was how many videos there were about multiple personality disorder because of how rare it is. She and other doctors around the country say they're seeing more teens coming out with self-diagnoses derived from TikTok. They then give some stats about how popular TikTok is, especially among people who are younger than 18. We have to convince these kids to release their self-diagnoses, but when they leave us... They go right back into that TikTok community, which reinforces their beliefs, said Don Grant, who's some therapist somewhere else. He hasn't kept a tally of the teens who use TikTok to self-diagnose, but he said it's significant. 
Dr. Grant also chairs a committee of the American Psychological Association, explained that being saturated with negative content can alter the brain's chemistry, displacing feel-good neurotransmitters with stress hormones. What happens is adrenaline and cortisol flood your brain and dopamine and serotonin leave the building. And presumably the way they get that back would be to convince themselves that they have these diseases. I don't know. Well, and people can also get addicted to adrenaline. Also true. Some therapists are going on TikTok to combat misinformation about mental health conditions. One clinical social worker in Minneapolis has amassed more than a million followers on TikTok. In some videos, he pokes fun at all these self-diagnosis questions he gets. Actually, Bonnie shared a TikTok, I think it was a TikTok video recently with me. I don't remember exactly where it was hosted at, but it was this guy who, he had every mental illness, every single one of them. And that was sort of the joke. He had this mental illness. He had, you know, manic depressive disorder, but it was completely counterbalanced by this other mental illness that he had. And as it all came together, it actually just turned out that he's just completely sane and didn't have any mental illnesses. So Miss Fridley, the high school student, says she didn't seek out videos about mental health diagnoses. She's ta- after she started following some mental health advocacy ac- accounts on TikTok, the social media app began serving videos about various disorders. <laughs> she followed K-pop stars and comedy accounts, and she became overrun with videos about mental health disorders. And instead of being like, hey, I'm not interested in this content She just kept watching them. A recent Wall Street Journal investigation showed that TikTok's algorithm picked up on subtle cues from its users, such as how long they lingered on a video, and then showed them more and more of the same content. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, the TikTok algorithm is so on point. And I, so I know a lot of people that use TikTok, right? I don't really use it myself, but I know a lot of people that do. And everybody that I know that watches TikTok, they all have a completely different stream of videos that they're watching. So like my mom has cute dog videos. My sister has like pop culture and makeup videos. And then, you know, like my other friend has like libertarian type content, but like it's all completely different stuff. So it it just curates exactly what you want to see. So people get addicted to it because they're like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is exactly what I want to hear. You know, this is funnier. It's crazy. YouTube isn't that good at that. I mean, it tries, yeah. but it's not that good. TikTok earlier, many teens have said, excuse me, I skipped a part. Many teens have said constant TikTok videos about extreme dieting and exercise contributed to eating disorders. Others developed physical tics after watching video streams of influencers who said they had Tourette's syndrome. TikTok earlier this month said it's testing changes to its algorithm to steer viewers away from too much of one type of content. Currently, TikTok users can select not interested on a video if they don't want to watch more videos from a particular creator. The app maker said it is also working on a new feature that would allow people to choose words or hashtags associated with content they don't want in their feeds. Now, they, they then make a statement about how much they care about the well-being of their community. They don't. They care about making money. I mean, yeah, let's be absolutely. Honest. Over the course of a year, Miss Fridley thought she had a different diagnosis every couple of weeks. She jotted them down in her journal, told her parents, and brought them up in weekly sessions with her therapist. Her father was skeptical of her changing self-diagnoses, but said the family was careful not to dismiss her. We felt for a long time that we were competing with social media for any child with mental health issues to be alone in their room with their thoughts and with TikTok is a dangerous combination. So 
So then why did you then why did you allow it to happen? You're, you're, you know your teen has mental health issues already. She's been diagnosed with depression from the age of 10, 10. So instead of spending time with her or raising a child, you just let her sit alone in her room watching TikTok all night. I think the problem here is Mr. Fridley. In April, Ms. Fridley, who is now 18, entered a Newport Academy residential treatment program for her anxiety and depression. She said that the conditions worsened during the pandemic, as everyone who knows anything about psychology would have expected, when she was attending school remotely and obviously watching a lot of TikTok. She admits now that it really messed with her head. The therapist that Ms. Fridley saw at Newport explained to her that relating to some symptoms of a disorder doesn't, doesn't qualify someone for a diagnosis. Ms. Fridley says she eventually came to accept that the only conditions she had were depression and anxiety. So instead of being relieved that she didn't suffer from multiple personality disorder or whatever, she had to be convinced that all she had was depression and anxiety. Well, it's it could be crazy because these people could actually like part of me wants to be like, no, they're just pretending and it's attention seeking behavior. But these people might actually almost be brainwashed to thinking that they have like the video that we mentioned earlier about the girl that like developed Tourette's. She was like embarrassed by it. She was like, I don't know what happened. I was just watching these videos for hours a day about people with Tourette's and she developed tics and like she had to go to get treatment to like cure her Tourette's basically. And it was it was almost like a legitimate thing. And even the doctor was saying, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of young teens coming in with this same sort of thing happening, you know, like same diagnosis. They're just watching TikToks and all of a sudden now they have Tourette's and other mental disorders. I tend to think they're probably not pretending. They're just, I mean, they're young. Their brains are malleable. They're watching hours upon hours of people with Tourette's syndrome and their brain just becomes programmed to start imitating what they're behave, what they're seeing. Because, I mean, if you see four hours a day of someone with Tourette's syndrome, that's going to affect your brain. It's going to normalize and make your brain think, hey, this is how brain, this is how people are supposed to be. Yeah. Right? Because your brain on some certain levels, it just doesn't process that type of information. And you're seeing Tourette's sufferers 24, oh, not 24-7, but four hours a day on TikTok your brain's going to think, okay, this is what a this is what a normal person does, and you just might lose control and start yeah. exhibiting symptoms. Having a break from social media during her 54 days in the device-free residential program helped. It was the best feeling ever not to have my phone with me. It is a great feeling. My phone has been on silent now for about the last month, and there's nothing better than having a phone that gets my attention when I want to give it attention yeah. and doesn't... Like the push notifications and all of that crap. If phones are just constantly going off with these things, and if you're using your phone to watch TikTok constantly, then you're, you're it's already there in your hands for that push notification to grab your attention yep. and demand your attention. Before she was discharged, Miss Fridley, her family, and her therapist agreed on rules to follow at home. Miss Fridley suggested that she stay off her phone for three months. She did eventually start watching TikTok again, but reduced the amount of time she spent on the app and clicked not interested on videos about mental health diagnoses. So she does seem to be improving. Good for her. There's more about this, and there's an entirely different article I want to get into about how kids are being brainwashed into thinking that trans surgery is cool. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? 
My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live where you're invited to join us. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. Again, that toll, it's not toll free. Wow, that's the first time I've done that in almost a year. The number is 603-283-6160. It's not toll free. It's probably long distance for you, but if that still matters, that probably doesn't actually matter to you anymore. Yeah, I don't think that matters anymore. <laughs> We're talking about messed up teens here, and this is important because the messed up teens are the ones most likely to be persuaded by people like Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell into doing things that a healthy, well-adjusted teen probably wouldn't be willing to do. Evidently, TikTok is convincing a bunch of these teens that they have extremely rare mental disorders, some of which are just almost never diagnosed in teens because it's impossible to tell a adolescent who can't have stable relationships. Most adolescents don't have particularly stable relationships from adults who can't have stable relationships, which is a sign of some of these disorders. So we're talking about that and coming up, how children are being brainwashed by TikTok videos on cool trans surgery viewed 26 billion times, according to some people. We're going to get into that. But first, we have Sarah calling from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. So Albuquerque City Councilors, um, they're reconsidering bringing back our red light cameras back here in Albuquerque. How do you feel about that? Well, we definitely need it. Why? Uh, because because uh, they ran over and killed a seven-year-old boy um, during the Christmas lights. Um, uh, what does, uh, wasn't that like a celebration? An, wasn't that like an ATV or something that did that? Yeah, but uh, yeah, the off-wheel vehicle. Yeah, but, the off-road but, vehicle. As, as okay. It, yeah, that. In said, it also said, uh, you know, what difference does it have if it has a bumper if it's a two-ton truck? I mean, they would have killed the kid to fame. But, uh, the vehicle doesn't really have that much um, uh, okay. you know, I, I'm curious. importance. What effect do you expect the camera to have on this? I mean, now you could watch the video of the seven-year-old being hit by the truck, but I, it's not going to prevent anything. Well, the whole thing is uh, there is a ticket involved. You do have to pay it. There's a penalty other than... Just uh, having a, a photo of you uh, there, and then you have to pay, or that it gets put on the collection. It used to be all going on your credit, so that when you were to 
you know, buy a, a a loan, I mean, buy a car or a house, you would have to pay that. You would get a higher interest. So there, there was consequences without putting in jail. Put, put, and then... Sir, let me throw guy, some numbers at you real quick. The city of Keene here, which is the city that we're broadcasting from, is the second most walkable city in the United States. There, there are pedestrians everywhere. New right. Hampshire, the state that we're in, has banned all red light cameras. We had banned, banned, not allowed. You cannot have any red light cameras in the state of New Hampshire. There were seven pedestrian deaths this year. Seven. So your red light cameras aren't going to do anything. Well, how about, I think we've got about 85 pedestrian fatalities in the state of uh, New Mexico. So per capita... We kill about three pedestrians for t- and 10,000 people. I just don't understand so it, how the red light cameras are going to help that. I'm, And I'm also assuming that most people that are running the red lights aren't doing so on purpose. They're probably just not paying attention and they run it. And I'm also assuming that most pedestrian fatalities aren't happening at a red, like an intersection with a red light. It's probably just somebody crossing the road somewhere and then the driver doesn't notice and accidentally hits them. I don't think it normally happens at a red light. Well, Sarah is correct well, in that New Hampshire leads the United States in the number of pedestrian fatalities, but I don't. I also don't New see New Hampshire how, does. No, I'm sorry, New Mexico. Uh, New New oh, Mexico. okay. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's surprising. New Hampshire's <laughs> probably the lowest with only seven. Yeah. So, Sarah, well, I'm still not seeing that. how you expect cameras to actually help with this situation. Well, you know, there was a year go- going back when we still had about three or four red light cameras. There was a year. When we, I think we only killed about uh, 51, the whole entire state. So 40, 41 just in our county. So actually, we were ranked number seventh. We were number seventh in per capita at that year. So the, we were always number one, and we dropped down to number seven. And then we got rid of all of them, every single one of them, under speeding vans. And now we've been number one for the last 15 years. So it does make a difference, especially this state. See, your state will, if you do, if you run people over, like, uh, they will prosecute. You will have, uh, but over here, they don't sentence people for anything, even drunk driving or uh, hitting, running people over. So they're already, so they're already not enforcing the law, correct? The the police are. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, that's quite the, so right. what difference There's do you no, expect you this to make? Well, the thing is that at least they'll get a ticket. And, but and, not, and then that's if the police choose them. If, if, the, if they're running people over and driving drunk and the police aren't doing anything about it, why do you think the police are going to ticket people because of what they see in a red light camera? Well, the police do get them. They just don't get sentenced. But at least if they get tickets, it is form of uh, consequences, even though they're not being jailed. But they're, they're not, not harming like, anyone. Them. No, but but the thing is that they are getting tickets. It costs them out of the the wallets, and 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 I prefer that rather than incarcerating people and putting them in jail. That damages the person even more. So they, so they that way, even more screwed up. So that way, only poor people are affected by this. Rich people don't care. They're like, oh, like five hundred dollar fine, whatever. So it this law, if it's used by if it's enforced with a fine that means it only applies to poor people it only applies to people who can hardly afford to pay the fine 
Oh, yeah, but we have a clause for that. You can work it out. If you go to the community center and you work off those tickets, we will take that. If you don't have money, well, we will take work. So you just, have to, be a, you you just have to be a slave service. for a little while. Is and, that right, Sarah? That's right. To learn your to learn your acts, actions rather than this guy that killed it. Well, anyway, she the, said that's the, right to that, the, by the way. For anyone who didn't catch that, yes, Sarah says that slavery is the solution to make people compliant. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, they're not gonna. I mean, you do have to pay for your. If you don't have money, we'll take some kind of couple of hours of work so that you could not run the red lights and speed. You know what I mean? If you don't have money, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. Hopefully you won't make it a habit or you'll just be constantly doing but what are they doing service forever. What are they doing wrong if they're just speeding and they don't actually hurt anyone? Yeah, it sounds like a victimless crime for the most part. Why should that person yeah, but, become but a that's slave? The, that's the whole point. That's the whole point is that, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not that big of a deal. Then everybody does it. And then they they so? will kill somebody eventually. Okay, well then That's that the person point. then that person gets charged with running up running over a pedestrian or vehicular manslaughter or whatever. But the person who's just speeding and doesn't hit anyone, why should that person be punished? Well, but but that that the behavior that's uh, acceptable behavior it will lead to somebody killing somebody, running into somebody's you house. You don't know no, that necessarily. You're punishing them for a theoretical future crime that hasn't even happened yet. On the basis that, but, oh, well, maybe, it, they, it, maybe they could be speeding one day and they might accidentally hit a person. Until they actually hit a person, what are they doing wrong by speeding other than making you unhappy? Well, the whole thing is, is that that's the whole attitude. That's why they smoke in the bus stop. That's why the dogs run loose all over the place. Because everybody, everybody litters. is like, well, it's not a big deal. And then eventually it piles up into a big um, societal nonsense. I mean, it, it becomes... Well, seven-year-old boy was killed, and the crystal 87 pedestrians were killed because everybody thinks it's okay to speed. It's okay to run. It's not that big of a deal. I didn't kill anybody, and everybody's doing it, and there's no consequences. I mean, it's but awful anyway, that those things happened, but I don't think that that's due to people speeding. I think that's due to people either not paying attention when they're driving or being careless. Sarah, thank you so much for the call tonight. I wish on one of these calls you would actually like answer the questions we're asked we're asking you because i'm i'm still not entirely clear on why someone who's just speeding and not hurting anyone not running over any pedestrians deserves to become a slave in order to teach them that their behavior was bad yeah i'm not seeing the connection there sure maybe some speeding person hits a pedestrian okay but their crime is hitting a pedestrian and not necessarily speeding so it's entirely unclear. I don't think these red light cameras are going to solve anything. We ha- we don't have them here in New Hampshire. Only seven pedestrians were killed here. And we get a lot more snow than you do. So it's a little bit harder to stop when a pedestrian stops in front of you. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160. Even if it's just your insatiable love for pedestrians and (laughs) seeing futile, futile law enforcement efforts aiming to prevent the deaths of pedestrians, 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. 
And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. It is the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. If you're new to the subject, if you don't know what we're talking about, Bitcoin.com is the best place to go. Just click getting started at the top of the page. You'll find a number of short videos there that will teach you the basics about this important world-changing information. I'm not able to use Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency at the moment or even access any cryptocurrency wallets. But as I understand it, Bitcoin is on sale. So probably a good time to get interested in it if you're not already. And if you are already a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com to stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you, all on a sleek, easy-to-use modern website. Again, that's bitcoin.com. We have Kadu on the line from Connecticut. Kadu, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Aria. Uh, hey there, Nikki. It's so it's so strange, your um, bail conditions. Like, uh, it's, it's kind of weird how, like, uh, Rich can't say anything, but then you guys can. But, I, I mean, I wonder what the logic behind any of that really even was. Well, for those who are watching the hearings, uh, the reason that uh, Rich Paul, also known as Nobody, is not allowed to make public statements was because the judge decided that he was very charismatic, very influential, and he was saying things that the judge wouldn't want necessarily encouraged to the public while he was in jail and rightly frustrated. And as he understood the situation from what I saw in the hearing, he understood his future to be very bleak and basically his life was over at that point. So he had no hope. He was frustrated. He was angry. And so he, he said some things that he ultimately came to regret. But because he said those things, the judge was like, hey, look, you're an influential, charismatic figure. I don't think it's a great idea to let you make radio and television statements. So that's going to be part of your bail conditions, even though it's a right. complete violation of his First Amendment right. But <sighs> I mean, you, know. you would think, but you would think uh, with with Ian talking every night, they would want him not talking. But anyways, well, what I not really at all because to- um, I mean, let's be honest here. Anyone who's been listening for the last year or so has noticed that uh, Rich Paul or nobody has become sort of increasingly militant in some of his views and ian and myself have always gone the opposite direction we're just increasingly peaceful in our views so from the point of view of a federal judge they they wouldn't have any objection to these peaceful ideas getting out there but these ideas that say things like it's time for the boogaloo or someone needs to start shooting pigs i yeah i don't agree but i see why a federal judge would say you know what these ones advocating peace are fine. This one talking about shooting pigs, not so much. Okay, so that was the logic. Uh, so what I really wanted to call about was this intuition of something that I think might happen in the future. Uh, Sarah in New Mexico, and who's that guy who calls from that, like... David? Somewhat obnoxious, somewhat obnoxious guy, David from New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think those two are going to have a very exciting bedroom life uh, in the future. <laughs> I, I doubt it. Uh, I hope so. Well, David keeps his trailer. What did he say? At, at what, he, he keeps like thirty-five degrees or something. Like he doesn't turn on the heat or something like that. Yeah, so. I could. I, I see Sarah as the type of girl who needs like a warm enclosure. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I know it's not going to be average sex stuff. It's going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the call. I'm going to manifest that for them. <laughs> they deserve that. Well, as I understand <laughs> they it, deserve each other. <laughs> Sarah is already to in, in some ways involved with one of our other callers, who's Richard hey. from New Mexico. I mean, it's still not out of the question. That's true. It's not. I mean, stranger things have <laughs> have certainly happened. Um, 
I don't want to think about any of those subjects in regard to Richard or David or Sarah. So I'm going to move right along here before I actually develop a mental image that I don't want. So we're talking about children and them being brainwashed by TikTok. Now, we just talked about this in regard to mental illnesses. As someone said to me today, hey, did you know that gender dysphoria or whatever they call it now is still listed in the DSV or whatever it is for mental illnesses? And I actually did know that. And I actually know the reason for that, because the the organization that oh, that's the list of mental illnesses and diagnosis criteria and all of that, the organization that puts that out came forward and stated why they included gender gender identity disorder or whatever the hell the popular thing is to call it now as a mental illness. And that's because if they didn't, then hormone replacement therapy and sexual reassignment surgery and all of those other things would be considered elective yeah. rather than... Okay, so like insurance, insurance would, will yes. cover it, yeah. And so now because it's considered treating a mental illness, health insurance companies, they kind of have to cover it. And the company that output that actually gave that as their reasoning. And I don't know whether I agree or disagree with that, but that is what happened. So being trans or rather gender identity disorder, because this is a complicated thing and a lot of people just don't get it. Having gender identity identity disorder isn't the same thing as being trans. And I always think about this one person here in Keene who I met at one point, full five o'clock shadow, probably hasn't shaved in days, isn't taking care of themselves, not doing anything to attempt to appear feminine whatsoever. And look, I, I don't care if you're successful or not, right? Just put in some effort. But this person wasn't. And claimed not to have gender identity disorder but to be trans and i think that's a fundal fundamental misunderstanding of the situation here you're not trans because you have gender identity disorder you are trans as a way of treating gender identity disorder yeah right just like you're not you're not undergoing chemotherapy to be a chemotherapy patient, you're undergoing that in order to treat the illness you, that is cancer. You know what? I really like the way that you explain that because that really makes it clear the way being trans is actually the treatment for what people are experiencing with their gender dysphoria. I've never really like thought about it in that way, but that is so true. I tend to think it is, and they don't think about it in these terms, and they they insist that transgender and transsexual are also the same thing, except transsexual. No, that's a deprecated term. You can't use that. It's transgender now. Oh, but gender and sex, are they're totally different things. Okay, I, I'm willing to give you that. Gender and sex, different things. But that also means, by definition, that transgender and transsexual aren't the same thing. But they're not ready for that conversation. They're actually not ready for the conversation about gender identity disorder and what it actually means to be trans versus just having gender identity disorder. And that's not to say that being trans is the only treatment for gender identity disorder. Maybe maybe you just need some therapy. Maybe you don't really want to express yourself as a female. You just have some issues that you need to work through. Maybe you're just gay or something, you know? Well, Who knows? And this is a big thing nowadays, and I'm sure the article you have will go deeper into it, but a lot of it's the cool thing to be non-binary now. It's a cool thing to be trans. So a lot of like teenagers are like, Yeah, I'm non-binary. Yeah, I'm yeah, even sometimes they think it's cool to be, you know, yeah, I'm bisexual. And then later on, like, you know, they become adults and they're like, wait, I was never trans or non-binary or bisexual. I was just trying to figure myself out. You're talking about the trans trender thing. Yeah. The LGBTQ community won't even recognize that that's real more often than that. No, no. All of these people who say they're trans, they're trans, but they're not. They're just jumping on a trend because they think it's cool. And that's what this article is about. And TikTok seems to be exacerbating that problem. 
But what are your thoughts on this? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions. 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And the last caller mentioned our friend, nobody who's currently not allowed to be on radio or television or make any public statements whatsoever. I think it's a very strict set of conditions for sure, but... Because of that, Bonnie has been going through some of the old shows that contain him, some of his old stuff that he said. And one of those was when he was running for governor as Nobody, which is still his legal name, but now he has trademarked the name Rich Paul or opened up a a doing DBA, a doing business as, under the name of Rich Paul. I'm not exactly sure because I can't even talk to him, but he he's now legally also known as Rich Paul, which is good for me because that's mm-hmm. how I've always known him. Anyway, his quote tonight is, I'm running for office because government does a lot of things nobody should do, and so I went to get into office and refused to do them. And I, re- to, I relate to that so well. That was one of the more fun things I, I did when I ran for sheriff. It was like, I had to identify things that the sheriff and the sheriff's department could do that wouldn't violate the non-aggression principle, and the only one I really came up to was police the police, yeah. you know? And that that was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun to see him run for governor. Don't know if we're going to be... I guess he can't run for governor in 2022 since to do that, you kind of need to be able to make public statements. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. So I don't... Maybe they can... Surely you have the right to run for office, though, while under pretrial... Re- I, I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, I'm not an attorney, so... deep, dark black hole we're going into. <laughs> it is. Well, speaking of deep, dark black holes that we're going into, we're certainly going into one here as we discuss um, TikTok and its tr- trend of convincing people, evidently, that they are trans. Campaigners have accused TikTok of helping children to be brainwashed by hosting viral social media videos that promotes changing sex as cool. Material posted by transgender influencers on the social networking service in which they provide advice on transitioning and accessing hormone therapies has been seen by millions of young viewers. I don't necessarily find that to be a problem at all. Um, When I did my first appearance on Christopher Cantwell's show, That's the Crying Nazi, for those who don't remember, one of the things he tried to criticize me on was this video I did a long time ago 
basically instructing kids, not kids, but teens, how they could use Bitcoin to buy uh, estrogen or testosterone blockers from international pharmacies. To me, that's a good, valuable service because absolutely, but it was targeted at a very specific audience of teens who, like, primarily lived in the South and whose parents were never going to allow them to pursue this. At a certain point, those teens have to make the decision that's best for themselves to say, eh, "My parents are just going to have to deal with this." Yeah, and they'll eventually find out about it. But by then, you've done what's best for you. Some parents are concerned the involvement of TikTok because they're missing the point. They should be more concerned about their lack of involvement in their children's lives that is leaving the gap there for TikTok to fill. And you know what? Like, I see this so much and I try not to judge parents too much because, like, I know it's it's really tough to be a parent. And, like, I don't have any kids yet. So, like, I don't know. You know, I, I, I really don't understand. That's because you're not one of these people, though, who hit the who graduated high school or whatever. Yeah. And decided, oh, this is it. This is the most successful I'm ever going to be. This is the time to have kids. My ovaries are driving up. I've got to go. Let's have three yeah. kids right now by three different people. And then, and then complain because I'm too busy. I'm a single mom working two different jobs. All I can really do is plant my kids in front of the television and let them watch TikTok all day. And that's like the issue I have is it's like idiocracy, right? You know, it's yeah. like it's like only the worst people are reproducing. But um, I do have an issue with people just sitting their kid in front of the iPad. Like I get that. Like as parents, people need a break, right? Sure. So it's like okay, give your kid the iPad for like a half hour or like an hour. But there are so many different things that you can do to entertain your children. I mean, like I know a ton of parents that homeschool their kids in their jobs all day long is to find entertaining things for their kids to do. In a lot of those people, none of which includes the television or the iPad or a cell phone. So like it is possible and I think people just set themselves up for failure as parents and they just like you said, right. they get pregnant or they have kids when it is the wrong time. They and absolutely just, do and then the problem is just worse because their their kids don't learn better habits or anything like yeah. that and they end up just repeating the same problems. I I'm similar to you in that regard. I mean if if all I could give my kids was, you know, 15 minutes of attention as I was taking them to school or picking them up from school and the rest of it it was the school system or television or TikTok, I just wouldn't have kids. Yeah. And this is the reason I don't have kids cuz I have plenty of time I could give to a kid if I wanted to. I just don't want to. And I think that's even worse when we have people that are reproducing and they just hate their kids and they just don't want to be parents. Like, why? And this is what I don't get when people are not to get into this, you know, (laughs) this tangent. But like the people that are super pro-life and anti-abortion, it's like, so you would rather these kids grow up in a family that literally hates them and won't give them the time of day? Or grow up in an abusive foster care situation. They would rather that. They... Because they're not out there adopting these kids and raising them in in their traditional conservative values to be fine, upstanding citizens or whatever it is they believe they are. They're just letting them waste away in these families that don't want them in these foster care systems that are abusive. Some parents, more than a quarter of British TikTok users are aged between 15 and 25 and children aged between 4 and 15 who sign up spend an average of 69 minutes on the app every single day. That's actually lower than I thought. It is, but it's including everyone aged from 4 to 15. So I I can imagine your average four-year-old isn't spending a whole lot of time on TikTok each day. Who out there is letting their four-year-old go on TikTok? (laughs) 
apparently <laughs> some people, right? More than a quarter of, hold on. It, it doesn't say how many are actually in there, and it's worded in a very weird way. Analysis on Sunday shows that videos with the hashtag trans have been seen more than 26 billion times. I don't necessarily find that to be a problem. TikTok signed a partnership earlier this year with Stonewall, the controversial lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender rights therapy, to promote this material. Now, this is coming from a right-wing news source, right? So you got to take what it's saying with a grain of salt. It's it's trying to raise the alarm here and get people upset and worried about these these teens who are becoming convinced by TikTok that they're trans. And I'm I'm willing to admit that yeah, they're probably blowing the issue out of proportion here. But just as we talked about with the other mental illnesses. It's a real thing that needs to be addressed and talked about. One popular trans TikToker, Bella Fitzpatrick, raised 20,000 pounds from followers in less than three months to fund private gender reassignment surgery. I think they call it gender affirmation surgery now for some reason. Gender affirmation surgery? Instead of sexual affirmation surgery because it's not affecting your gender by their own arguments to have these surgeries, but it is affecting their sex, their sexual identity. It's to so have these funny, surgeries. like the way people have to like do the mental gymnastics just to rationalize like the previous ridiculous statements that they've made. They're like, well, now I have to rename everything because, you know, gender affirmation surgery is one of the ones that really just made me cringe. Another is Alex, Alex Kansani, 18, who has more than 680,000 followers. That's really not a whole lot on TikTok from what I can tell from people. It's apparently really easy to get followers on TikTok. She went, vi- fi- she went viral five years ago when at the age of 12, Cosmetology Magazine featured her life as a trans model. That's not really viral, though. That's, that's old media. Yeah. Viral is an internet thing. Anyway, yeah. I would say she became popular or the public became aware of her existence but one of her videos seen 2.3 million times also really not a whole lot tells followers they are one estrogen pill away from a glow up Eh, are they though (laughs) a glow up is a mental physical and emotional transformation for the better is that what i need (laughs) a glow up maybe i don't know i've never even heard that term before but again i've never used tiktok So there's more on this and them, you know, blowing the whistle on this great big problem that, you know, honestly, probably is a problem, but probably being blown out of proportion. But what are your thoughts on this? Is TikTok convincing teens that they need to be trans or that they are trans, that they need gender affirmation surgery? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Arya and Nikki talking about this. This piece is certainly blown out of proportion. Now, it's from a right-wing website, and I knew that going into it. And, I mean, they're all about that traditional traditional Christian value stuff. So, I mean, I knew all of that. But... That, don't, that doesn't mean I can just pretend like this sort of thing isn't happening. Because I know, I, I've met people like this. I know someone who has been accused of stalking, has had restraining orders against them. It's just generally a creep. 
But suddenly this person is jumping on the trans bandwagon and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry that I was a creep back then. You know, I was struggling with my identity. Like, I see this sort of crap. And as a trans person, I don't think that's acceptable. No, it, it, it completely is unacceptable. So this sort of thing does happen where people and whether or not someone is a creep who's using transgenderism now to excuse their past behavior, it also doesn't do trans people any good to have a bunch of brainwashed teens out there who are convinced by TikTok that they're trans and then they become adults and they realize, oh man, I'm, I really regret all that. And they become one of these statistics, one of these people who transitioned and then regretted it and who used ammunition against us. Not something we want. One video includes the caption, help me after top surgery. A reference to a reconstructive chest operation. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Probably just like breast breast removal. Oh, I would think the other way around. It could be either one. Yeah. Another video begins with the words, oh my God, I used to be a good Christian kid (laughs) before showing the transformation to a trans gay atheist who loves tattoos and chaos. (laughs) I kind of want to watch that, not going to lie. Last night, Kate Harris of the LGB Alliance, uh, which apparently is a basically a trans hate group, an anti-trans group, as I understand it, they opposed Stonewall's policies on transgender issues, said, our major concern is that millions of impressionable children are watching these online influencers. Look, I'll agree, that's, that's a secondary concern. The main concern is that the parents aren't there to spend time with their children instead, leaving TikTok to be there to shape these kids' lives and their identities and their personalities. It's no coincidence that the growth of TikTok coincides exactly with the exponential growth of children presenting with gender dysphoria. They have no stats or no data to back this up, and I think they're probably wrong. The lack of parenting parents spending time with their children is causing a rise in these things like I, I have multiple personality disorder because their kids are spending four hours a day watching trans videos on TikTok or bipolar dis- bipolar personality disorder videos on TikTok. Miss Harris describes some of the videos as deeply frightening as adding the messages so often don't involve your parents. I sincerely doubt TikTok allows that sort of content, but I don't know, never having been on TikTok. I also don't think it's TikTok's job to police what content is being shared on there. I think people have the right to share whatever they want to share. And if you, as a parent, have an issue with it, then maybe you should parent your kid and kind of monitor what they're watching on TikTok. Or even like let them watch whatever they want, but raise them and teach them, you know, how to have, like, how to be self reflective. Because I think if a teenager is truly self-reflective, they would know whether they were trans or not. That's very true. They, they would certainly not be so easily influenced by random... That's what these parents really need to think about, is that their children are being influenced by random strangers they've never met yeah. on the internet who are just talking at them through videos. They're being influenced more by those random strangers than they are their very own parents. Yeah. This is a parenting issue, not a TikTok issue. What these what these videos would lead a generation of children to believe is that it is easy to change sex and that it is the answer to all of your problems, Miss Harris went on. Well, I, I t- tend to think it probably should be easier than it is. 
But it, it certainly shouldn't be presented as the answer to all of anyone's problems. And I, I don't think most people suggest that it is. I, I would think that most people that are trans or have like gender dysphoria or whatever people want to call it, it kind of just that caused kind of a lot of issues yeah, it didn't make, um, in their life. Like It doesn't make your life easier at all. No, my life did not get any easier by transitioning. Stephanie Aride Davies from Transgender Trend, once, which wants more evidence-based health care for children with gender dysphoria, said it's hugely influential and is full of videos that portray medical transition as cool and edgy. Gender is seen as the new rebellion. And these are all real things that we have personally seen. We're just sort of not allowed to talk about it without being called anti-trans or whatever. Yeah. Simply for pointing out to someone that if you look at what the Wachowski says, and I hate to bring this up three days in a row, but it's also related to this trans thing. You know, it's this huge narrative that the Matrix movies, the original ones, they're, they're an allegory for being trans or whatever. And that, that's what all the headlines about them say. But if you look at the actual quotes what they say is, we don't know how much being trans affected our writing and directing of the Matrix trilogy. And for pointing that out to people, I had someone say, why do you hate yourself so much for being trans? <laughs> oh, my God. That's the world these people live in. Where it's ridiculous. You, if you dispute any part of their narrative, no matter how right you are, you can put the quote from the people directly in front of them. And they're going to do the mental gymnastics to conclude that you're wrong and you simply hate yourself. But let's go to the phones. We have Reverend Ratspeed calling. Reverend Ratspeed, you're on Free Talk Live. Greetings. Hello. How are you? Hey, what's on um, your mind tonight? Well, I mean, the trans thing has been something that's been on my mind a lot lately, and I've had so many different thoughts. Um, so I've, I've been posting a lot on Twitter, and uh, one of the things that I posted recently, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of different points that I can go to, but... So I, I, let me just say what I wrote. I said, I wonder why so many transgendered people are stuck on pronouns when the word trans means, quote unquote, beyond gender. If you, take, if you take a look at the etymology of the word trans, it means to go beyond something. So then I said, does this mean that I'm transgender? Because I don't give an F what people assign me. I'm not sure uh, how true that. I mean, there's two forms of the word trans, right? There's two transcend and there's also right. to transition. I assumed that it was transitioning into a yes. different gender. That's what I not transgending. Not- um, well, t- taking that out of the context of transgender, uh, like for instance, transatlantic, trans international. Basically, to trans means to go across something. So to transition could be one portion of the word trans. So then I I went on to continue, and then I said, isn't gender dysphoria the opposite of being beyond gender? I said gender equals troubled. And then I thought I think myself, it's the non-binary people who claim to be beyond gender. Yeah. Right. Right. So so then I thought after that I said, well. If, but non-binary would, people aren't trans. It would make sense that someone who feels that they are a gender which their sex is not, then they would be trapped by their sex, not by their gender. And therefore, it should be sex dysphoria, not gender dysphoria. I mean, the, the mind can be anything that it wants to be. That, that's how powerful our brains are. It's the body, the physical uh, objective body, our material body that traps us into one sex or the other. So then I thought to myself, well, Frankenfurter had it right. It's it's transsexual. <laughs> you know, it's it it's it doesn't make sense. Now I know that transsexual has a bad rap because no, it was I, I, used would, in I, I would I would sort of disagree based on what gender and sex mean. A transgender person 
is someone who adopts the gender norms of the sex other than their own. A transsexual person is someone who has undergone some level of physiological or biological change to adopt the sex other than their birth sex. So a person can be transgender without being transsexual and can be transsexual without being transgender. Myself, I happen to be both transgender and transsexual. So, and I thought, and originally that's what my thought was as well. But I mean, like I said, I've gotten into so many mental gymnastics over this. I know several people who are trans in one way or another. Some people have gone through some sort of transition, whether it be hormone, actual uh, bottom surgery. I, I I have a lot of trans friends, actually. I'm, I'm a nerd and, you know, I've been on in different fandoms for many years. So, of course, you know, online. Uh, so you get to be whoever you want to be. So the, the thing that made this more concrete, more palpable was how what's called the gender narrative has changed since same-sex marriage was introduced and 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 upheld by the courts in 2015 and everything kind of started really ramping up after that and then i started noticing that i mean we would expect that though i mean yeah obviously being trans is more controversial and always has been than being gay or lesbian so we would we would expect that to see lesbian and gay people being accepted by society more than trans people just like before we could get to psilocybin cubensis legalization, we had to have cannabis legalization, right? I, I just wonder how many of the people that I knew, their their thoughts about themselves changed as the group collective. Be- S- stick with us for a few minutes. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where your call, your thoughts and opinions are welcome. 603-283-6160. Again, that call-in line is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And at the moment, we're talking about how TikTok is filling a void in teens' lives that presumably is being left there by their parents. Um, I mean, we've talked about this countless times. The average kid... Like a few years ago, before the rise of TikTok, was spending something like 40 hours a week watching television, which comes out to just under six hours a day. So instead of watching television that's impacting them, now they're watching TikTok videos. Nothing really has changed other than the content they're consuming. I couldn't imagine watching television for six hours a day. Like, even when I was like a teenager or like a kid, like, I just... That, that just sounds terrible. That was the most recent, and it's been a few years since I looked into it, but that was the most recent statistic, yeah, was that the average American watches 35 hour, hours of television each week, and the average child watches 40 hours of television each week. I honestly wish I had that much free time to just, Well, you know. I mean, they're kids, so they have free time. Yeah, but I guess so. A, a child who's watching six hours of television per day is not spending very much time with their parents. Yeah, and unless be- their parents are also watching TV with them. And they're being influenced by whatever it is they're watching on television, and that's changing them and affecting them in ways that... I mean, that's why we have so many people today who honestly believe that, you know, an old married couple is supposed to hate each other and yeah. constantly take passive-aggressive marks at each other because they grew up watching Married with Children and Everybody Loves Raymond and all of these other... 90s sitcoms where exactly that happened. So they became adults thinking, oh, I'm su- that's normal. I'm supposed to constantly 
take cheap shots at my wife or my husband or whatever. Yeah. So those things affected people just like TikTok is affecting people. Now, the only thing that's changed is that now it's content being produced by individuals. We have Reverend Ratspeed with us, though. If I understand correctly, the argument that you were making was that gay and lesbian marriage becoming a acceptably acceptable socially somehow caused more people to be trans is, is that am i, am oh, I getting that correct no no, no. I, I wasn't actually really making an argument i guess i'm kind of musing and exploring it i'm it's i feel like i personally i don't have any um i can't make any authoritative position on something that I cannot claim I am. In fact, I would be more interested in asking you questions rather than just arguing random things. So what I guess what I was trying to say is that once 2015 came and that decision was made, uh, it allowed, it's like, okay, we got that issue down. Now let's go to the next issue. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it was great that people started having conversations and that, uh, uh, Certain rights were trying to be passed uh, in in Congress and in various places, like you know, bathrooms, things like that. So, but I I've always <laughs> what became confusing for me personally was I thought I had for years I thought I had the narrative down correctly, and it seemed like what very narrative quickly uh, yeah okay so the narrative meaning like what you were talking about the 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 words the 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 phrases the terms. All of the different lingo. I don't the, use the, the terms in a way that anyone else in the LGBTQ community uses them. And that's what fascinates me because it's not just these right wing articles that are using that are bringing to attention the lingo. I used to hang out on TikTok a lot. And that's one of the reasons why I quit it, because I was getting addicted and I was into cosplay. And that quickly brought me to the trans uh, the trans side of things, because a lot of teens on TikTok first of all, declare their pronouns and usually declare who and who cannot watch their videos and who... That's can, stupid. Which is kind of, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, you would think you that know, you wouldn't it, post I mean, to a public platform if you had like stipulations like that. I think I get what you're make, saying, though, Rat Speed, which yeah. is that um, you, you became exposed to a lot of trans people because uh, trans people tend to be cosplayers. I mean, that's absolutely right. Every Dungeons and Dragons group out there has at least one person who's using Dungeons and Dragons or video games or cosplaying or whatever to come to terms with their gendered identity disorder. Every and, and single one of them that I've ever seen. And, and that's what it, it's I realize that art ties it together. The imagination being online, especially in virtual communities and role playing communities and and fandoms and places that allow you to expand beyond just the, the mundane you, allow you to think of yourself as beyond trans, quote unquote, beyond what you are. You could be a furry, you could be an anime person, you could be a Ren Fair person, all of these different fandoms. I don't see how all... any of that has to do with beyond, though. I, I mean, I see well, we're that... back at that, but okay. that's still well, just tra transitioning. Well, well, yeah, I'm not going means, beyond okay. myself by transitioning into no, no, no. a girl. I'm just transitioning. I'm going. I th but I think I kind of get what you mean with the like how a lot of people who are like not non-binary or trans might be attracted to like cosplay and furry and stuff. Yeah, because then yeah. like they don't have to. I 
identify with a specific gender or they can like kind of go back and forth depending on what character they're playing. So I can understand how like trans or non-binary people would be attracted to that because it kind of gives them the opportunity to be whatever they want to be. Exactly. It's it's it expands the consciousness of humanity through arts and and cause and cosplay and role playing and 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 uh, everything. So that I'm not going to get I'm not going to give you a point. I I don't agree that people being furries is expanding the human consciousness. I I just don't. Oh, you haven't hung around furries enough. I know too many furries. Really? Well, you just met another one. So, uh, (laughs) but. So, I mean, I let me ask you, do you think that any person is 100% one sex or the other, or do you think there's always a mix? In other words, genes... I'm not going to make blanket statements about all of humanity. I mean, I, I think that the, everybody has a mix of masculine and feminine energy, and I think it's important to balance the masculine and the feminine energy within yourself. Do I, would I extend that all the way into gender? Probably not. Because if there's any uh, argument to be made about intersex chromosomes uh, and the the influence of hormones on biology and the effect that it has on our decision making and our feelings, our moods, our empathy, our aggressiveness, all of that. Yeah, I stuff, get it. Our behavior. It's a very it's a very fine balance. And I would I would be well. And uh, what I, does this would, have to do I, with whether or not someone is 100 percent male or 100 percent female? That I'm talking about sex, not gender. G- in other words, the dude, you just gave me a is, headache, and I'm trans. Come on, man. I'm sorry. You know what okay. I mean. Well, let me make sure I understand. So, you think what is your thing trans- about hormones affecting people have anything to do with a person being 100% male or 100% female? I have. I, I suspect that hormones and hormonal balances do play a big effect on someone's identity is your question whether or not every human being contains both estrogen and testosterone because that that's just science i mean that's just duh so do you well uh, i mean what is because you think that transgender is a feeling and transsexual is an action is that if i'm not understanding is that i'm am i understanding correctly no they're both actions they're just actions in different directions transgenderism is adopting the gender norms of a sex other than of a gender other than one's own so is that society or is that the way that someone feels internally about themselves? That's that's a difficult question to answer, but it comes basically down to this idea that oh, men men love a good steak and a good beer, that that's that's gender, right? Women wear dresses someone, and have long hair, that's gender. See, I know someone who is uh, female to male that is very feminine does not act butch or or masculine in any way but still feels male and they say that if they were male they would be a very feminine boy a very feminine man uh male so i okay i mean every person is unique i I don't see what that has is that like a counterpoint to the point that i just made what is that supposed to be or except that just you saying hey look i know a trans person and that gives me the right to argue with this trans person about what being trans means Thank you so much for the call tonight, Ratspeed. I'm not sure where a number of the points you were trying to make were actually going, but maybe you can enlighten me. 603-283-6160. I mean, it's pretty obvious that gender is a societal construct and sex is largely biological, if not exclusively biological. I I don't know how else to draw the distinction. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here from this article about TikTok and how it may be affecting teens.
It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in. And that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Well, Intercoin has launched this investor token worldwide. And for the first time, it's available on an exchange. You can create an account at xmarkets.com. That's exmarkets.com with just an email address, which means you can keep your privacy intact. You can also get ITR, that's the Intercoin Investor Token, at Uniswap. Links to both of those are on their website. That's intercoin.org, I-N-T-E-R, coin.org. And you just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world by getting some for yourself. Again, intercoin.org. Let's go to the phones. We have Sydney calling from Pennsylvania. Sydney, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ari and Nikki. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I wanted to call in. You're talking about children uh, a lot over the last couple of days. And I wanted to call in with an article that I saw headlined, Man Banned from Leaving Israel for 8,000 Years Over Child Support Payment. Wow. I wanted to get the, yeah, I wanted to get the libertarian perspective and your opinion on this situation that this Australian guy finds him in, finds himself in. Uh, it says an Australian man has been subjected to an 8,000-year exit ban and will not be allowed to leave Israel until the year 9999 due to unpaid child support. Why did they have to go so extra with like how many years he's like they could have been like a lifetime, but instead they have to be like eight thousand years. I mean, how many kids yeah, does this that. dude have? No, Nikki, I, love it. I love that, Nikki, because it says the laws regarding child support are unclear, though it seems that the year nine 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 was set because it was the highest possible date that fit in the field. Yeah. So so how many kids does this guy have? Like fifty, sixty? Yeah, he owns three point three million dollars. Um, and he has a child support uh, order against him that he has to pay for his children. I don't know how, it doesn't say how many children he has, um, but he says he has to pay 5,000 shekels per month to each child until they turn 18. Now, why being, being told to pay child support doesn't necessarily mean you can't leave the country. I'm curious what their reasoning is. Does he have a history of not paying child support? That's probably what it is. Yeah, in Israel, apparently, according to this article, it's from the Jerusalem Post. Um, according to the article, at the very end, it says, the U.S. State Department includes a warning about Israel's child support issues with non-citizens, saying that civil and religious courts in Israel, quote, actively exercise their authority to ban certain individuals, including non-residents, from leaving the country until debts or other legal claims against them are resolved. Well, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, uh, Israel is a religious ethnostate, and it does exactly what you would expect a religious ethnostate to do, which is use their religion as an excuse to terrorize the populations into abiding their religious beliefs. I mean, that's crazy. Like, they're literally just holding him hostage because he didn't pay his child support? The same thing happens here in the United States, though. If if you don't pay your child support or whatever, then they take your license away. They take away your passport and stuff like that. So what Israel is doing isn't terribly unusual. It's the 8,000-year sentence or whatever it is that's unusual. Yeah, I guess it's it's just until he pays his debt. And like the article said, they just filled in that number. It's just like an infinite number. And that was just 
it's like a technical thing. So I yeah. think it's a great situation where you have government and child support. So I first wanted to get like, what's the libertarian position on child support? And then also then go what government then enforces that and limits somebody's liberties to, you know, you, they could garnish your paychecks, I guess, if you're on the book. Um, I just wanted to, like, well, the libertarian is, position uh, wouldn't wouldn't involve a government to enforce anything. That would be the status position. The libertarian position would be that hey, if you have this dead pe- this deadbeat dad, ostracize that person, and yeah. it's generally yeah. effective, right? No one wants to be that known as that low life dad who doesn't take care of his kids. Yeah. And that's a better way of solving these problems than, you know, weaponizing the state and telling people they have to remain in Israel for 8,000 years or whatever. The libertarian position would be to raise people in a culture where they understand that there are consequences for their actions and they have to take responsibility for those actions. So if they if they get someone pregnant, then they're responsible, at least half responsible for that pregnancy, and they have to deal with those responsibilities that result from that i agree with you it should be like a social like societal cultural thing where it's just like okay i did this and i have to take responsibility for it i think you know implementing fines and punishments on people i generally think like that's not the best way to go about it like i know people that you know their father never paid child support was like sixty thousand dollars he owed in child support just Went basically off the grid, didn't have a job, didn't have a driver's license, and went so far out of his way just to not pay child support, still to this day. And Isn't those... that basically David from New Mexico? Probably. <laughs> not who I was talking I mean, his about. Kid, but His but kids that's... got taken away and the court was like, hey, no, you still have to child support, you pay child support, but we won't let you see your kids. So it's different in that regard. But that's my point. Like, this happens all the time. So just, you know, people are going to have to jump through hoops and their life's going to be more difficult, but it's not going to solve the actual problem. Going back to, you know, Sarah's issue with the cameras and people yeah. speeding, that's not going to solve the issue. No, and if we go back further throughout human history, we'll, fi- we'll find that it's largely a result of all of these social welfare programs and these social safety nets and things like child support and things like that. Dude, a 16th century peasant who just up and left his wife and kids, that, that the town he's in is going to draw and quarter him. Dude, you're yep. leaving your wife and kids to die here this winter. It was totally not acceptable. They wouldn't have actually drawn and quartered him, but that person would have been an actual pariah. And there yeah. would have been no escaping it because, again, the average person back then couldn't have just like, okay, well, then I'm going to travel 40 miles and live in this other town and they'll never hear about this. That wasn't really realistic back then. But there, there were ways of dealing with this without enforcing child support payments and things like that. If you were a deadbeat dad back then, that actually meant something. It was because there was no social safety net. No, yeah. oh, well, instead of actually being part of your kids' lives and you know making sure that they're fed and that they're being raised and they good loving home you can just pay them some money and that will be equivalent that idea didn't exist until recently and it really cannot be compared and a part of my beef with child support is the fact that i know a lot of mothers who bought new cars with their child support getting their nails done get and it's i'm not saying it's bad for you to have a nice car and to get your nails done if you have a kid but why are you like the child support should be spent on things for the kids like that's literally what it's for but instead like some people are buying drugs with it so i think i just don't think that it's really benefiting the children it doesn't seem to be 
And it's largely a result of these social welfare and these societal programs we have now that enforce child support and things like that because these problems just didn't exist. So the libertarian response to things like child support is, well, first of all, we should be raising people to take responsibility for their actions. And second of all, we shouldn't have these systems in place that allow these people loopholes to just pay some money to make their responsibility go away. That's not taking responsibility for your actions. That's paying money to avoid taking responsibility. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here, and you're welcome to join us. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts and opinions, 603-283-6160. We do this today tonight, it's Aria. And Nikki. And our YouTube chat continues to just blow up, and it's frustrating because they should be watching us on Odyssey, where they don't have to worry about whether or not we're going to be there from one day to the next. I think the only reason we've been sort of staying on YouTube for the last few months is just that... Honestly, the COVID thing is just, it's tired, it's worn out, and even the mainstream media isn't talking about it. So we're not spending a lot of time talking about it. And so YouTube has nothing to suspend us over until there's another huge mainstream narrative that you're not allowed to go against. And we tend to go against those. You can watch us always at video.freetalklive.com. There, we don't have to worry about being censored. There's more than a million other former YouTube creators, or maybe still be using YouTube, but disaffected YouTube users, more than a million channels creating content over there. That's video.freetalklive.com. They'll take you directly to our channel. Let's go to the phones. We have David calling from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Congratulations. You win the big prize. You committed defamation, Aria. Awesome. I said, I said, to be fair, the reason you did it was because the court also wouldn't let you see your kids. Well, actually, you have several. You have more than one fact that you stated incorrectly in a broadcast medium. You stated facts as if they were true, and they're not true. And and there are several of them that you misstated, and that's defamation. Okay, then then I guess I'll see you in court, then, David. Or you can just enlighten me and tell me what I got wrong. Uh, well, it, well, first of all, let's let's. You got another thing wrong. Let's clarify that. It's not just you. You work for a company. The company is also liable. There is no legal entity called Free Talk Live, David. Sorry. Well, you're doing business. You're taking money in exchange for what you're putting out. Do you have a point? Do you want to clarify your point, or do you just want to call here and tell me that I'm wrong? How was I wrong, David? um, You you misstated the two facts. So what what did you state as facts? I don't recall now, David. Do you have a a point? Well, that is a point. That is a point. I asked you to, to you, you, I told you that you stated two facts, and I told you they were... Have a good night, David. We also have Mark calling from somewhere in the United States. Mark, or is that, that is you, Mark, right? It is me. I don't yeah. know why you knew it was me. Well, I, I thought you were having such a fun time with David there. I would have if he had had a point rather than asking me to repeat something I said that he had already alleged was incorrect, so... Enjoy your email that you're going to get from David from New Mexico complaining about me again. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. So what's on your mind tonight? 
Um, you know, I was just on a conference call uh, today with uh, one of the ZAs in Honduras. Are you familiar with these? Uh, somewhat. I'm, I'm not an expert on them. I, I only know be- what you've said about them, Mark. Yeah, so a ZA is like Zona Economica Distrito Educational or something like that. I, I know I have it completely wrong, but um, you get the idea. It's a uh, educational and economic zone. Um, in Spanish, okay, and these are indisputably the uh, the freest places on the planet. They are. I know you've said that. Well, um, no one's, and, and no one has stepped up to uh, suggest otherwise. Like here, I am, two hundred radio stations. My email is marketfreetalklive.com. Feel free to go well, ahead. You, you and are email. really fading in and out there, Mark. I would point out that you know the the argument for these ZAs or whatever is that they're they're basically just free in so much as the government is willing to leave them alone to an extent. But that's also true right. in the United States as well. The average person is perfectly free to go about and live their lives because the government's going to leave them alone. Unless you do a live uh radio show yeah, broadcasted uh, to 200 stations until you do something extreme enough to get their attention see the average person in the united states they operate under that same delusion that i am free because no one is currently arresting me right but that doesn't mean they're actually well, free it just means the government isn't currently arresting them or harassing them it is true that if you uh, follow the rules as the rules are stated, that you will not be bothered by the people who enforce the rules generally. But you could be in – that's true in North Korea. That's true in um, New York State, and that's true in New Hampshire. That's true in uh, Azede in Honduras, and it's true outside of Azede in Honduras. Right. It's, uh, it's true everywhere. However, the rules change in these different districts. Yes. What Free Talk Live tends to do is focus on not the will and not the reach of government, but the scope. So what, when Free Talk Live talks about a place that is free, they generally are meaning the things that have been legislated. We really lost you there, Mark. Um, hang on, and we'll try to come up with something um, during the break to get you back on to finish making that point. But I don't, I don't view freedom in those terms. I mean, I understand, yes. You could work out this agreement with the government of the Honduras where you can pay them X amount of money and they're going to let you, they're just going to leave you alone and they're going to sign this contract with you. I have no reason whatsoever to trust that contract. The American people once had a contract with their government called the Constitution. Mm -hmm. The United States government once had a bunch of contracts with Native Americans. A lot of governments throughout the Soviet Union and the German, the Nazi Germany, they had a contract. They had an agreement. I cannot trust the words of a government when they say, hey, look, if you just pay us some money, we'll leave you alone. That's just protectionism. That's just, I, I don't know. Bribery, what, yeah. essentially. And they can undo that at any time. And there's really nothing you can do about it. As long as that government's still there, they can change those rules on a whim. And over and over throughout human history, they've done it. The only solution, as far as I can tell, is not just to find a government that, you know what, I can live the rest of my life under this government, and I can be reasonably sure that within the next 30 years, they won't break this agreement. But that's still not freedom. That just purchases your freedom as leased to you by a government. And I don't believe that we should be leasing our freedoms from the government. We, sh- we shouldn't be bartering with governments to be left alone. We should be firm and clear about this. No, we have the right 
to be left. I'm not going to yeah. bribe the government into allowing me to exercise my rights. And I, I'm sure you disagree with that, and I'm sure you're listening, but that's ultimately what it comes down to is this, this horse trading of property for freedom, and I'm against all of it. Don't give the governments your money, first of all, because they're going to use it to do evil things. Even if you're using it to do something good, like to live your life in freedom, you're still giving money to a government, and it is still going to be doing evil things. So yeah. in that sense, you're voluntarily funding the execution of evil acts. And that's sort of a problem. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me to have to pay for your natural human rights. Yeah, that's really where I diverge from all of these projects. That, oh, we're just going to pay this government money and they're just going to leave us alone. Okay, but that's not the way this should work. We shouldn't put governments into the mindset, that, hey, if we if we extort these people for even more money, then they'll be happy about it because we can just have them pay us to be free instead of just allowing them to exercise their natural rights of being free. It's it's a bad precedent, and I don't see it ending well based on government's histories and their tendency to not honor their agreements. I think the only one I can think of where governments around the world really honored their agreements was the Hong Kong, United Kingdom, or British Empire, China thing, where both the Chinese government and the United Kingdom did uphold that agreement, I think, for the full 99 years or whatever, but that's rare, and I don't. I think we're going to be hard pressed to find examples where governments around the world actually honored their agreements with people. Because if you give them a million dollars, a million dollars to leave me alone, right? It sounds great. Well, they already know that you'll pay them to leave you alone, so they're going to show back up five years later and say, "Hey, yeah, you know what? We're a little strapped for cash, so yep. we think we're going to take a little bit of your property." Or you give us another million, and we'll leave you alone for another five years. Well, what do you expect from gang members, you know? Yeah. Th- You're going to trust the mafia? That's ultimately exactly what they are, and that's that's ultimately why I don't think these things are a good idea, versus, you know, abolishing the state, asserting our right to be free. Not bribing them into allowing it, but just asserting the right. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, and I want to say thank you to Barry Swinson, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that Barry is a member of the AMPS program. You can find out more about it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's our new Patreon. A number of months ago, we got cut off from the former AMP program because of a credit card processor not liking the not liking. We it was very unclear what exactly they didn't like, but they cut us off, so we had to come up with alternative solution. And Patreon is already there to fill that need for us, so that's really cool of them. It only takes five bucks per month that gets you in. That's how you join the AMP program. It's AMP's program. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you like the show, if you want to help us reach a larger audience, or if you want to possibly win a bit box coming up in a few days. Join the AMPS program, amps.freetalklive.com. It just takes a couple of minutes, especially if you're already on Patreon, and chances are you probably all already are. So thank you, Barry, for your contributions. We have Mark with us again. Mark, I assume you probably have several responses you wish to make to what I was saying previously about... Yeah, you got you got quite a filibuster there when my phone wasn't working, so... Yeah, well, um, there's, air to, there's air to fill. 
Indeed, let me jump in if I may. So there is, I have no disagreement with the notion that uh, people should have the right to do what they want so long as they don't harm other people. And that is the end goal here, I think, for everything that we've done on Free Talk Live for 20 years. However, there's a, there, there's a place where we are today, and there's that goal. And the question is, how do we get from here to there? And um, I would say that one should uh, endeavor to show that freedom works, to increase freedom in their lives, and to exercise freedom as best they can. Now, if you think that sitting in a jail cell like you were on March the 16th is a path towards more liberty, I encourage you to show me the way. But I don't think it is. I would certainly I agree would... that sitting in jail was not a pathway to liberty. It was, but... it, it was an obstruction of my liberty. But would you agree that it is the probable, in fact, almost certain result of going to the man's party and pooping in his punch bowl? <laughs> that you are going to end up in his favorite little spot to put jackasses and a-holes. Um, you know, like that, that's just what they do. And that's what the Free State Project, to me, basically is. Now, I'm sure that there are those people that would argue. But essentially, it's like, hey, let's get a whole bunch of people to come to this state. And we're going to mess with the statists, the authoritarians, those people that want to tell us what to do. And we're going to see what they do. And I know what they're going to do because they've done it to my studio twice. They've raided me on specious charges, and I'm sick of it. And I know what's going to happen in five years. Mark, you're going Another. in and out a lot again. Are, are you happen to be using Jitsi on your phone, using Bluetooth? I am using Jitsi on my phone on, my, on Bluetooth, yes. Okay. Can, can I turn off Bluetooth? Yeah, can we quickly remove the Bluetooth from the equation? I yep. mean, I can certainly... Removing... Yeah, go ahead. So what Thank I'm you. saying is, is that um, the, the, the result is going to be the same again and again and again. And I don't see a linear progression towards more freedom. And I get it. I don't want to pay governments for more freedom. But here's the thing is that we've been, people have been paying empires to leave them alone since the beginning of time. And that's just the truth. Like the Mongols came up, they knock on the door, duke, 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 duke. hey, give us some money and we won't destroy your city. And then you'd hear the news, you'd be like, oh yeah, it turns out they're destroying cities and you'd give them some money and you wouldn't get destroyed or you wouldn't give them some money and you would get destroyed. Like that was how it went. And that's how I don't necessarily disagree, but I think you're ignoring some of these substantial strides that New Hampshire has made toward freedom just within the last, you know, three years. There have been some sub substantial strides towards more freedom, and I've gotten more freedom than New Hampshire can offer simply by leaving the United States. New Hampshire isn't going to be free so long as it is part of the United States. And here's my prediction. Is this the same Mark Edge that was upset about not being able to do the radio last Wednesday? I don't. Yeah. So what do you mean? So your right to free speech, your your right to express your opinions to the tens of thousands or however many radio listeners there are, that's severely restricted as a result of all your traveling, is it not? Um, sure. I mean, like 
you mean like traveling affects my ability to be on Free Talk Live? Yeah. Yeah, from a um, from the standpoint of a technology, uh, you know, problem. I mean, it's not the government that's doing it. But you don't have the freedom to express your opinions as you desire on national radio, and it's a result of leaving the United States. Well, I don't have the uh, the ability to do it nearly as easily because of a government order, a United States order on free on Ian Freeman. So most of my problems are U.S. government problems, right? Man, that hit me in the soul, Mark. <laughs> that's that's why I want to see New Hampshire secede from the United States government. That's why there's a House resol- there's a CACR, a constitutional amendment that would allow the United States that would allow the state of New Hampshire to declare independence peaceably from the United States government. And this is where I don't know what to do, Aria. This is this is what, what really stops me. Because on one hand, I would love to see this fantasy world where New Hampshire secedes peacefully and the United States government doesn't cut you off from banking, doesn't shut down everybody's uh, Social Security payments, doesn't shut down everybody's welfare payments, doesn't turn New Hampshire into an economic wasteland. Uh, I don't know if that would happen, though. I don't think we need the U.S. government and Social Security and the banking systems and all that sort of stuff to be able to thrive in New Hampshire. I understand where you're coming from, though, Mark. I understand where you're coming from, because I would also love to see one of these hypothetical, fantastical, non-existent Zetas come to fruition and actually be able to magically pay a government to leave them alone and actually... Yes, no. I, yes, a, 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 a shack on a beach, or not even a beach, a shack in the middle of nowhere in the Honduras with absolutely no plumbing or electricity or infrastructure or internet. Sure. No. There are 36 uh, units, two bedroom, one baths, open in Morazan for people to move in. And they're taking rent right now. So you're looking they at 36 a- possible families. That's the whole society there. I'm not saying they're done. You acted like nothing could, no one could move there. You said a shack. I with didn't no say. Plumbing. Okay, let me clarify then. This fantastical world where you get all of these people who just have limitless money to throw away and move to a foreign country and make money online, or not just constantly hemorrhage money as a result of the rent this. Is hundred and twenty dollars, Aria? Like if you can't save up a few months' rent. To move to one of these ZAs. Like, seriously? This is the argument? To live to live at one of these ZAs with possibly 36 other families. But these, these places are still for rent. So it's not even 36 other families. It's probably one or two other people. And they're probably not even there most of the year. It just okay. that the idea that you're going to get one of these massive communities of thousands of people who come together and live free and the government's just going to live. That is as equally at, at best, as equally as fantastical. As the idea of New Hampshire declaring independence. No, it's not um, like it. Like th- this is the problem is human beings have a terrible risk assessment gene. Like we just can't do it. You can't see what is possible and what is not possible. They've built 36 units in six months. How now, many of those units are occupied? All of them. Then they're not for rent, are they? So oh, I can't okay. go to one of these places, can I? Um. You can you can put your name on the list, and the next units will be online next month. And the benefit of doing this is that I get to live with 36 potential families. I don't recommend moving to morazon.city. That's the website, morazon.city. Um, I don't recommend moving there for Westerners because 
It is. Um, well, our target well, audience is Westerners, so I hear you. Look, you, you're asking. You said fantasy, and I'm trying to talk to you about reality, right? Like, okay, so these places are list. How many of these people actually live there, reside there on a daily basis? In these, which ones are we referring to? The one with the 36 units. Um, the, I, I would say uh, 36 families. So not enough to even sustain an actual culture or society. No, these uh, these units are built alongside what they call um, uh, their factories, uh, textile factories. I can't remember the name of them off the top of my head. Uh, Maquilas. Um, and they're uh, specific textile factories for U.S.-made goods. So these people are essentially, this is a uh, housing for these textile factories. However, they are private cities. And they fit all the definitions of freedom. Mark, you faded out really badly there. I think you did get the the last words in. Thank you so much for the call tonight. I I, I still think New Hampshire's a better bet. New Hampshire is actually happening, and is we we've got more than thirty six families here, so we have that going for us. You can join us on our chat server in the meantime over at chat.freetalklive.com.